Welcome to the Care of Souls podcast with Dr. Stuart Scott and Pastor Adam Tyson. Dr. Scott serves as the Executive Director of 180 Ministries and Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University. Pastor Tyson serves as the Senior Pastor of Placerita Bible Church and Adjunct Professor at the Masters University as well. Visit 180ministries.org and masters.edu to learn more about their programs and services in biblical counseling. I'm your host, Mark Smith, and we're thankful to bring you this next episode on Care of Souls, in which Stuart and Adam discuss practical and profound principles from Scripture to to help you faithfully follow Christ. Today, Pastor Adam and Dr. Scott will discuss a personal testimony from chapter one that I trust you'll find encouraging. It's a story with which many of us men, myself included, can easily identify. And if you're a guy who can't identify with this story, then I pray it won't be long before you can, as it relates to something with which most men contend, and that is pride and selfishness. It's also a story filled with practical help and hope in Christ and Scripture. Now here's Adam and Stuart. Good to be with you again today, Stuart. It's good to have you too, Mark, here in the studio with us. We're talking today about The Exemplary Husband, an incredible book that you wrote just over 20 years ago. It's been used by God in so many ways. And in our first session last week, you told us a little bit about how this book is a compliment to The Excellent Wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit more about how, how that worked. Yeah, uh, when uh, Martha Peace wrote her book for wives, just trying to encourage them, she'd been teaching a class for over, uh, I don't know how many years, on wives and their role, responsibilities, uh, and then published her book uh, because there was such a vacuum on any material for husbands in particular, is when um, I was contacted, she actually asked the publisher to contact me to see if I would be willing to do it and uh, I was reluctant for several reasons, and I mentioned those last time of, uh, man, uh, I, I'm not there. And, of course, Martha would say, well, I'm not the exe- the excellent wife either. It's just what's the model? What's the right. standard that the Bible portrays that we're, we're after? And so that encouraged me. I, I'm going, I'm not even close to arriving at, at that. And um, it was just what's the standard? And then it, it gives me something to— work towards. Yeah. So you kind of had the outline of the book already laid out for you. I did. And that was book. really helpful. She wanted something to go right along with every chapter, uh, except the ones that it's the male um, counterpart. It would be the male uh, leadership and mm-hmm. where it was more submission for the wife. Yeah. Well, here we are in chapter one, talking about a husband's understanding of his present condition. <laughs> So you're saying that Martha had something like that maybe in the first chapter of her book, Sharon, where she was as a yeah. wife, the struggles she'd been through. And yeah. so here here you are now giving your own personal testimony. Yeah. It, um, at the time, uh, I mean, I was just going back to my great need uh, to grow and change as a husband. Uh, I was an associate pastor before I was married, and I lived alone, so I just thought I was rather spiritual. I mean, uh, I got along with myself. I uh, wasn't living with anyone else. And I, I was going, well, I'm, you know, I'm pretty far along. At least I thought I was because I was teaching yeah. the truths and in seminary. And, you uh, were a godly guy. Uh, I thought I was. Before yeah. you got married, you <laughs> were a godly was. guy. And uh, I got married, and then I'm starting to see uh, the deeds of the flesh come out. I mean, just my responses of impatience and anger and... Uh, judgmental and just arrogant statements. And I thought, wow, boy, this marriage, I mean, she's bringing me down spiritually. And it wasn't at all. It was uh, exposing my own heart Mm. and how selfish I was and how I was thinking more of myself than anyone else. 
And uh, that's what I'm writing in this first personal testimony. So you're saying God uses the mirror of his word and the mirror of our spouses (laughs) to point out the areas we still need to grow in. It's that close proximity of marriage and then children Hmm. that you can't, you you don't get away. You've got to live it. You you can't fake it uh, when you're living with someone like that. Fake fruit doesn't, doesn't, the other person doesn't buy it. Doesn't cut it in marriage and family, does it? (laughs) Nope. And uh, I, I remember I was I was pastoring a church at the time that I remember this one incident. Uh, there have been several, but this is the one uh, that stands out the most. And we had uh, the two children at the time, uh, toddlers. And Zonder was just tired, exhausted through the day, and um, she was working hard. And I thought I was working harder at church, and so I would come home and uh, I didn't want to be bothered, you know. I just wanted to rest and relax. And she would be asking me to help her do things, and hmm. I'm going, no, I, no, you don't understand. You know, this home is a place for rest. <laughs> yeah. um, and I told her frequently that I loved her. I kept saying, you know, I love you. And then when she came out one time of saying, and I put it here, she said, "You're being very selfish," and she doesn't usually that forthright, and I think she just had it. Hmm. You're just being so selfish. She was thinking more clearly. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Getting more bold. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and I, I thought, how could she say that? You know, I'm, I tell her I love her all of the time. I'm working hard at church uh, for her in part and for the kids. Uh, but then her follow-up question, uh, when I, she just said, Tell me how you love me. I forget now, like sacrificially. And I went, oh, sure. I'll tell you how I love you sacrificially. And I can remember that. It was it was a silence in my mind <laughs> as I'm on a search. You know, it was like a, a, a Google search. <laughs> and, and it comes up, no results found. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Didn't find. And I, because the word sacrificial, hmm. when it wasn't convenient, you know, kind of thing. Oh, I'll help you when it's convenient. Yeah. But when she said that sacrificially, uh, where you give not just the words but deeds, and I'm I'm just drawing a blank. I mean, it hit me so hard, um, and I thought, wow, it, it's not there. It's convenient love, which really isn't the sacrificial Christ-like love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much I say I love her through the day or tech, you know, at the now, time now I call you, her. You came up with a couple of things that you've done. Well, but you just realized they weren't enough, or you had nothing. You looked, there, there was really nothing. I mean, I'm scraping. And so at that moment, yeah. are you beginning to be convicted even in that moment? Oh, I was. Uh, I was. I said, surely there, there's more. I'm just, my, I'm drawing a blank. You know, uh, th- there's, there's plenty more, but there wasn't. You know, and it, it really, I, I mean, it was uh, one of those, I, I put it in there like Nathan to David. It, it was one of those times of, man, I'm, I'm not, and I should be, and I'm pastoring a church, which also should be sacrificial giving, right, to the sheep. I mean, I'm not even doing that at home. And I mean, it, it floored me. Hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, realizing... I have a long way to go here. 
Now, she sacrificially loved. There was no question with her. Mm -hmm. It's me. Yeah. And I, I find that this story, and it starts the chapter one, that different men, when they've gone through the book, said that that was kind of my story, too. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not a, a, a rare find. I think it's more of almost a, an epidemic mm. of just selfishness mm. that comes into a marriage and uh, they want marriage, the other person, there for them rather than going into marriage f for their spouse. Mm -hmm. It's it's more self-focused. Sure. Tell me, uh, you're, you're saying that you weren't serving her sacrificially, therefore you weren't loving her sacrificially. That's what you're saying. I'm curious to know, would you have said that you were a, being a good spiritual leader? Did you guys have time to discuss God's Word together and pray together, and you were just coming up short in the practical ways of yeah. showing her love? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it was more the practical uh, when I'm around the house, she's tired. I'm coming home to be served rather than to serve. And yes, we would have time where we pray together, we read something together. But that's when everything else was calm and, you know, we'll sit down. But at the moment, in the moment when you need help, I wasn't around. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be around. Yeah. So you can't be this super spiritual guy no. without being the practical loving guy. Yeah. And you're talking about at that stage in your life, like, Helping with the kids, helping clean up, yeah. put dishes away, do laundry. Are you just saying all these kinds of things? She needed more help with all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you know she had health issues. She was battling as well, and I would do uh, all those different things. But when it was in my time, convenient for me, not at the time when it was needed. Mm-hmm. And that, and so she would just say, "Never mind, I'll do it all." You know, because it needs to be done right now, so I'll do it. And then I thought, ah, boy, that's her. It's her bad background that she came from, you know, family life and things. And but it wasn't. It was. It was really a call for me to to acknowledge my lack of love. Uh, to be a loving leader. Yeah. So you're saying that you were blinded by your own pride. And you were really uh, just not being the kind of husband God had called you to be. And God used Zandra, your wife, yeah. to admonish you. Yeah. And that's appropriate, right? It's appropriate for nowhere in the chapter did you say, and she also was out of line or she needed to repent yeah. some of her stuff. You're saying this is really, this is you <laughs> needing to change yeah. you with God's help. Yeah. I mean, if you were to ask me, are there things about her that need to be changed? Oh, sure. I can tell you a lot of those. But if you said, now, what about you? Oh, yeah, I'm sure there is something. I wasn't thinking about me as much as I was, you know, things that she could do differently or be yeah. different. And um, I really need a major log to remove that log out of my own eye. And, you know, God brought the perfect partner, spouse in. Had she been someone who was one of these whirlwind, phenomenal administrators with tons of energy and, and and handles multiple tasks. I mean, like, and you've seen some of these, you mm -hmm. know, people. If I'd had someone like that, I don't know that it would have exposed mm -hmm. my heart, uh, my need of sanctification. I would say, wow, well, we're really teaming together and you're doing all that and you're doing, you got the whole home deal going. And so God knew what I needed. God does that, sure. you know, in a marriage. It's, and, it's to yeah. help and, both. 
And in reality, I mean, if we're going to be on the same page, we're going to be together in a lot of those things anyway. You know, yeah. doing the dishes yeah. together. Yeah. She's taking the laundry out. You're like, hey, let, let me help you fold that and put that away. I mean, we would certainly want to lean into that. But you're saying maybe most husbands don't. Maybe there's a lot of husbands who do think their primary role is to be the breadwinner and to protect their wife, because that's what we heart men on. Hey, you got to be a protector and a provider. That's it. Well, where does service come in if if we just stop with those two? And that's what I'd heard. Now, my dad was a whole lot more than a provider and protector. I Mm -hmm. mean, he really loved my mom well and would help and do things together. So I had a a wonderful model. Uh, She had no model of, you know, sort of a mom and dad. Uh, in a, after a Christian mm-hmm. pattern. But I did. I had a wonderful dad, and, and he modeled uh, sacrificial giving. But yeah, the, the the real practical come alongside and do things together. And I just kept thinking, why does she need my help? She should have this home front down. And, and just my whole thinking was off. Yeah. Um, you know, she's supposed to, ha- she has the home, she's the manager, you know, takes care of the home. I'm out here doing this kind of work. I would do some things, but I, in the back of my mind, I was not thinking, at home, I should be the greatest servant. That that just was foreign. You know, when we, we talk about in marriage counseling with couples that are working through this, as we all are growing in our own marriages, even today, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times I think about even a younger couple who the, the uh, fiancé or the newlywed is like, I love my wife. And he'll keep emphasizing, but I love her. And that's what you were saying to Zandra. I do love you. Oh, yeah. I love you. But really what we've got to come to understand is that love is sacrifice yeah. and love is service. Yeah. And so if we're just saying I love you and we're trying to be super romantic, there's a time and place for that, certainly. But if we're not translating that that love, the agape love that God uses in the scripture and shows us in his love for, mm-hmm. for sending us his son, right? God so loved the world that he gave mm-hmm. his only son. There's sacrifice there. Yeah. And you're saying that's the element that you were really missing, that aspect of love, that I would really stop what I'm doing, which in that case might be just resting, sitting down, taking a break, and, and then like just help us understand that we're not saying there's never a place you could sit back and the and on the couch and and take a break, right? But 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 they, but if that's all you're doing, where is the sacrifice? Yeah, well, and it it's centered around my time, my way, just sort of like my world. Mm-hmm. So if she is in need, the need can wait until it syncs up with my plan and my. I, I wasn't sacrificially saying this interruption is God ordained to serve. I, w- I would just say, no, that can wait until I'm at a place. And it was more about me. And I think of the words of uh, John, the Apostle John, where he just said, little children, in chapter 3, uh, verse 18, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. That was missing. Mm-hmm. The words need to be there. Right. But the deeds, the sacrificial deeds, that, that was just missing. I did deeds, but they weren't on a sacrificial level that needs to be there to reflect Christ Mm -hmm. and the gospel. I mean, it was a sacrifice that he gave his life for us. It wasn't convenient. Comfort and ease was way too important to me than the sacrificial blessing of giving. Yeah. Well, what did you do about it? (laughs) I'm still doing it. (laughs) I, I, I just continue to... 
Uh, I prayed. I well, let's go back through. to that moment because oh, okay. you say you remember it like it was oh, yesterday. Yeah. So when you were like uh, felt that pit in your stomach, like wow, I haven't really been that for her. Did you repent? I did. I re- confessed. I I did. I confessed. Like on in that same conversation? Uh, no, I I went away. I think I just went into another room and I I just sat there and thinking. Where are those? I'm, I know they're there. You know they got to be there. Uh, surely I I do sacrifice in, in my love, and just the lack of material examples. I did. I went back and asked her for forgiveness, and I've done that many times since because it's you repent and then you keep repenting. Mm. And I think for husbands, they just need to know these moments have surfaced other times too. Yeah. Where you know it's not about you your need right now. It's about my comfort and ease. And then I'm, you know, your conscience is sort of pricked, and you're going, ah, oh, boy, here's another one. I just you know it catches you from time to time, but it wasn't so uh, stark. Yeah. So Stuart, this was your problem as a pastor, mm-hmm. theologian, uh, biblical counselor. You weren't doing the practical side. What would you say to the wife who's maybe listening to us? And she says, oh, well, my husband actually is a wonderful helper. He'll go grab groceries. He helps with dinner. I just can't ha- get him to pray with me. Or right. I just can't get him to lead our family spiritually. Yeah. Uh, which one of those two scenarios do you think is more common? And how, how would you help each one? <laughs> you know, I don't hear that a whole lot. Of- okay. Uh, I hear he's not praying with me. He's not leading, and he's not doing the other. <laughs> it's usually a double barrel that's one, missing. Yeah, it's, one leads to the other. Yeah, it seems to be but, that but way. But you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a lot of men yeah. who might be better yeah. at the practical stuff, yeah. but they're not maybe right. so good at the spiritual stuff. And I think that's just an area where she can encourage him uh, to learn. I mean, he can read uh, chapters on really stepping up with leadership. Um, he could read this book. Well, he could, yeah, read some chapters <laughs> in it at least, and or get a, a, around some other men who are examples of good servant leaders. You know, sort of a Titus two, uh, older men helping the younger men in that area. She could encourage him to do that. If he's helping a lot and serving in that way, more than likely they can talk mm-hmm. and communicate, and that's where she can really ask. Uh, if he would be willing to think through that, if maybe work on that area, mm-hmm. just commend him for the the one area that's going on. And w- would you at least think and pray about yeah. looking at the other area, maybe leading in prayer or devotions? Yeah, it's okay for her to suggest that, oh, yeah. ask would he be willing to. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are good things. Uh, you, you mentioned as you uh, teach this material around the country in different classes, you've had a lot of different responses where people have said, hey, that's kind of like right where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of those stories that might come to mind of, of things that you've heard people that related to what you experienced here in this first chapter? I mean, over the years, different ones have said, yeah, that was my story too. Uh, right there in chapter one, it was almost like they could put their name there. Yeah. Because it's just selfishness. You know, mm-hmm. you're just being selfish and you're in a marriage and it shows up. And uh, one in particular that um, uh, shared that he... And his wife were on the verge of a divorce. Hmm. They were at church, but they were, this is over. It's not working. I don't know how far into that divorce proceedings they were or just talking about it. But at a conference at that church, I was speaking on a few different topics in this book. And one was the from Pride to Humility, mm-hmm. chapter 13. 
and I just really went after, which I usually do, the the husband. You know, mm-hmm. he's the uh, one of the key individuals here, and he just said he he wrote me and said um, that God used the passages and that topic to really open his eyes up to see he was that guy. He was the one. He's the major problem in that relationship. His pride, mm-hmm. and he said he he confessed it before God, he confessed it to his wife, and then I think they got, sought counsel and just worked through their marriage. He said, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a great marriage now, uh, not perfect, but great. And uh, he was just a, a church member. Yeah. And um, the church was so encouraged with his growth and everything, they asked him to come on uh, on staff to help other men Wow, and so that's that's one of the encouraging kind of stories that sure. you just go, ah, oh, praise the Lord! You know, yeah. he, he uses His Word uh, to accomplish His work. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard those in many Absolutely. much of you've been in ministry. Sure. Well, in my well, in my own heart and life, as you mentioned, we've been here many times where I've needed to stop and ask my wife to forgive her, or maybe just ask and forgive clarify. Her? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Ask for her to forgive oh, yeah. me. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, ask, yeah. ask for her to forgive me and ask her, what I was going to say is ask her, hey, how how can I love you better? How can mm. I serve you better? Because a lot of that comes into communication. Yeah. You know, the last thing you want to do is spend all your time, you know, painting the eaves of the house. If your wife is like, I'd much rather you clean the garage, right. you know, just something that right. simple. Or, you know, you, you got to just communicate, babe, where are some ways that I'm falling short as a husband with the kids, with the groceries, with the clo- the laundry, with preparing meals or cleaning up? I think those are all so important. And yet I just want to be reminded that if we're not doing that with a heart of of love to glorify Christ, to do it out of a of a you know a, a thankful heart mm-hmm. in a in a way that 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 is an act of worship, you know, we could easily get caught into like, well, I need to pick up a few more domestic duties and check right. those off my list too. Yeah, and that's not what we're saying. No, and that goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, that falls flat. I mean, she can pick it up real fast if I'm re- if I'm I'm doing it, but I'm regretting that I have to do it. She, you know, people can pick up. Whether it's there's a joy in serving the other or... Oh, my wife picks that up real quick because (laughs) it usually comes with a deep sigh, you know, and then, you know, an awkward posture as I I get off the couch or or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'll just do it myself. Uh, So there's a lot of room for me to grow, for all of us to grow. I think, what would you say to the husband who's maybe listening to the podcast who says, you know what, I feel like I'm right there. Just as these guys are talking, I feel like I'm that selfish husband. What would you say to him right now? Well, if he has a copy of this book. I mean, you don't need this book. I mean, it's the Bible that yeah. God will use, but it just helps systematically to just start with, okay, uh, I, I need to get first things first. And so I go into uh, their relationship with God and making sure that they're in Christ and that they've uh, really trusted in Christ and that he's front and center and for his glory. And then understanding relationships, and then the purposes of marriage, and and then the worship of the heart, and into what love is. So it's a, a tool that can encourage them to just kind of go step by step to get to like Ephesians five mm-hmm. and really be working at it. But the most severe thing that you'll come across with a, a husband in this situation is sin, mm. and there's a remedy for that. That's the the beauty of this. It's not a disorder that you have. Uh, or a disease that, you know, you'll have the rest of your life kind of thing. This is something that can be forgiven, and God's gracious to forgive and graces you to grow 
there's lots of help and hope here. Yeah. And we're saying that as you do that as a husband, humble yourself before God, seek his forgiveness, come to your wife, ask for her for, ask her for mm-hmm. forgiveness for your sin of pride and selfishness. That's where it starts. Yeah. And then we'll hopefully see the reciprocal of that if she needs to uh, change and grow in mm-hmm. some of her ways. But you got to be leading. As the husband, God's called you to set that example. Yeah. And in too many of our marriages, it's almost like the wife is demonstrating beautifully yes. how to serve in the home. Yeah. And, uh, it's, and it really should be the husband needs to up his game. And we right. can do that, as yeah. you're saying, as we look to Christ, look to his word, get more theologically uh, grounded, and then practically live that out. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, God help us as we work through the book together. So look forward to examining each one of these chapters and getting more theological and practical help from Dr. Scott. Some questions for our male listeners to consider. Have you ever been approached by your wife about an area of your life that doesn't measure up to God's standards? What was the issue and what was the outcome of your conversation? Also, if you've never had this happen, then ask your wife if she's aware of any areas of your marriage in which you do not measure up to God's standards. I'm sure you'll find at least one. Remember to be humble and honest at her response, even if she is less than compassionate in her remarks, and then describe the way in which you don't meet God's standards. And last, read Psalm 51 and 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, and describe in your own words what kind of sorrow you should have and what you should think about those areas of your marriage that fall short of God's standards. We hope you were blessed by the Care of Souls podcast. Please pray for us at 180 Ministries and the Masters University as we seek to edify the church and exalt Christ through biblical counseling that is faithful to Scripture. Consider supporting 180 Ministries financially so we can continue to bring you sound wisdom from God's Word on these everyday topics. Visit 180ministries.org to give online and send an email to info at 180ministries.org with your feedback and any questions. We'd be grateful to hear how this podcast is helping you. And we look forward to having you join us on the next episode of the Care of Souls podcast as we discuss exemplary husbands and excellent wives.